are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me as always, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Usually it's either Victory Monday or Misery Monday, but today is Mayhem Monday. The Seahawks did not play yesterday as scheduled. The NFL deciding to postpone their Week 15 matchup against the Rams until Tuesday. So we're going to have some really rare Tuesday night football between the Seahawks and the Rams coming up at SoFi Stadium. So Rob, you and I are going to have an opportunity to dig even deeper into this matchup that is still shrouded by a lot of uncertainty with both teams having a number of players still on the COVID list. We don't know who's going to play tomorrow, so we're going to look at some players that need to step up for the Seahawks, both on offense and defense. Thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen every day. We're available on all major platforms five days a week, and again, we are free. Glad to have you listening in. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. At this time last week, the Rams were just starting to deal with their COVID-19 outbreak. In a matter of days, they had 25 players that were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Washington football team had a very similar situation going on in the nation's capital. It was a really rough week for the league in general with this new COVID variant seeming to wreak havoc around the league. The Seahawks, on the other hand, they looked to be in good shape until Thursday when Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins went on the COVID-19 reserve list. And unfortunately, after the postponement, and this is something that some people feared when the league decided to move the game to Tuesday, the tables have turned and not in the Seahawks' favor. They've had seven players, Rob, go on the COVID-19 reserve list in the last 48 hours. The Rams, on the other hand, They've had 11 players activated, including Jalen Ramsey and Odell Beckham Jr. So they are going to have a couple of their star players available. Now there's some major question marks on who's going to be available for the Seahawks. It's, again, Mayhem Monday. It's madness as we go into this game. Yeah, I think that if you put it that way, Corbin, it certainly feels like whatever advantage that the Seahawks once had has been absolutely lost. But, you know, I, I would kind of reiterate one thing, at least as of Monday night, and the Seahawks had seven players on their active roster who, uh, who are currently on the COVID reserve list. You, you mentioned Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins, as well as the running back Travis Homer, uh, Kerry Hyder, defensive lineman Brian Monet, another defensive lineman. DJ Reed and the right tackle Brett and Shell. The, the Rams, on the other hand, still have 14 players on their active roster on the list. Again, this is as of Monday night, um, and there's a possibility for both teams that they are going to be tested on Tuesday by 1 p.m. Uh, prior to the, the game's kickoff. Uh, but at the same time, it is still a case where the Seahawks do have an advantage in terms of numbers, in terms of health. It'll be interesting to see if that's the way it all shakes out. There's a couple players that have been added to this COVID-19 reserve list for the Seahawks, though, that are significant losses. And we'll have a chance to go into that deeper as the show goes. But losing DJ Reed for this game when you've got Cooper Cup. And oh, by the way, as I mentioned, Odell Beckham Jr. has been activated. He is going to play in this football game. Van Jefferson was never on the COVID list for the Rams. They are going to be as close to full strength as you can be. They've been without Robert Woods for several games now. But they're going to have all their receivers available. Offensive line, Rob Havenstein has still not been activated. So that is one to watch for the Rams up front. 
trying to protect Matthew Stafford, but certainly getting Ramsey back, getting Beckham back, some star power. Von Miller's still on the list, so that's another player we're going to be watching into tomorrow to see if he is activated. The Seahawks are still hoping to get Tyler Lockett and Collins back. They've had a nice lengthy window now with these two extra days added until the game to try to get them back. But to this point, as of Monday night, neither of them have been activated. So that indicates they have not had the two negative tests they need. But I think aside from Tyler Lockett, who's going to be a huge loss if he's not in this game, not having number 16 out there, you can't even value what he brings to the Seahawks offense. And we saw that against the Texans last weekend. Not having him would be a major loss. But I think DJ Reed, that is a very close second when you don't have Trey Brown available. Trey Brown's been out for the season now for a few weeks, and they have very limited depth at corner. You've already got Sidney Jones in the starting lineup. And so I think the opponent that you're playing, given the offensive talent the Rams have in the passing game, the receivers that they've got, Matthew Stafford being a big-armed quarterback, you almost could make the argument, at least the Seahawks still have DK Metcalf, they have D. Eskridge, they have Freddie Swain. That's secondary. You've already lost Jamal Adams, and now you've lost Trey Brown. DJ Reed not being available in this game. I think you can make an argument that might be the most significant loss if he's not able to play in this football game, given the opponent. Yeah, there's no question about it. If the Seahawks do not have Tyler Lockett and DJ Reed, that those would be huge, huge losses, especially considering the opponent, as you just referenced. Um, again, the Rams wide receiving core is so very good. Uh, what, what Cooper Cup is on, on the precipice of doing, uh, basically being the Triple Crown Award, award winner um, as NFL's wide receiver leading in receptions and receiving yards and in touchdowns is, you know, just uh, absolutely unparalleled. Um, and so to, to have Seattle lose their their most consistent cornerback all year long, uh, have him not be available in this game, obviously would be a huge loss. And then, as you mentioned, the Seahawks, of course, have DK Metcalf, who is a, a physical freak and had two touchdowns against the Rams in, in the first matchup this season. But if the Rams do indeed have uh, Jalen Ramsey as expected, uh, then you know he's likely to be matched up against DK Metcalf all game long, and and so that means that somebody else for Seattle's wide receiver core is going to have to kind of step up, and it remains to be seen who is going to be able to do that. That's exactly where Tyler Lockett has been so 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 good at um, over the years, and of course he has a great rapport already established with Russell Wilson. That's the thing when you got guys like D. Eskridge, uh, Penny Hart. Um, you know, Freddie Swain, et cetera, et cetera, some talented players, but they clearly do not have the rapport with Russell Wilson that Lock that Lockett already has. I think another loss that maybe is being understated here, just from how well he has played this season, is Brian Monet. The, the disclaimer here is I don't think Brian Monet was going to play in this game anyway. He's got a PCL sprain. He missed two practices last week. You can say the same thing about Brandon Shell with his shoulder injury. I don't think Brandon Shell was going to play in this game. So that's a silver lining. Those two going on the COVID list, you probably weren't going to have them in this game anyway. But not having Brian Monet against this Rams team that I think is going to be much more full strength in the interior of its offensive line. They have been getting that run game going a little bit more in recent weeks with uh, their running back, Sony Michelle, stepping in. They might have Daryl Henderson back in this game as well. So I can see the Rams trying to get that ground game going a little bit and not having that 345-pound run stuffer to rotate in with Al Woods. That could be a big loss because they don't have anybody else like that. They might be able to call Miles Adams up from the practice squad, but he's around 290. He's a much different build, a much different style player. Robert Kandice is around 300. 
LJ Collier is maybe 280. So they don't have any other big, beefy guys that they can rotate in. So not having him in this game, that could be another one that's that's worth watching. And Kerry Hyder, even, his versatility to play defensive and rotate to the three-tech and pass rushing situations. They're going to need some of those other guys to step up. They just don't have a lot of depth at that position, though, especially for 300-plus defensive tackles, 300-pound uh, guys. They don't have that depth there at that position right now. And so that is one – that is a loss that could loom large in this game as well. We're going to get the players that need to step up, as you mentioned, with all the names we just rattled off that might not be playing this game. There's so much uncertainty uh, clouding over both these teams going into this game. We're going to be looking at some players on offense and defense for the rest of the show that are really going to have to elevate their games with some of the players that could potentially be out for the Seahawks. We're going to start looking at the offensive side of the football. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all the knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks more power to save. That's Boost Mobile. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. It's Mayhem Monday. We've got a game coming up tomorrow between the Seahawks and the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Some very rare Tuesday night football in the NFL. I'm your host, Corbin Smith, joined as always by Rob Rang. We just talked about all the players that could potentially be out for the Seahawks because of their COVID-19 reserve list. It's never been this lengthy. They have really done an outstanding job up to this point of limiting the spread of that virus in their locker room. But right now they've currently got nine players on the COVID-19 reserve list, several players like Tyler Lockett that are key players for this football team. And this is a must win. They've got to find a way to win this if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. So who needs to step up, Rob, on the offensive side of the ball with guys like Tyler Lockett potentially not playing tomorrow? Who's the first guy that jumps out to you that needs to help pick up some of the slack if number 16 isn't available? Well, I think the easy answer would be to start the quarterback always, you know, but at the same time, I think that if we were going to take Russell Wilson out of the equation for a moment, then I think that you have to go to the player that there really was a standout last week in the victory against the Houston Texans, that being the running back Rashad Penny. Uh, you know, to me, I, I look at this Rams team, if it is in fact, uh, you know, going to have the, 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 the COVID list uh, that it has, and, and you're going to have a lot of players out for the Los Angeles Rams as well, um, then I I think that that might be something that the Seahawks can exploit. They, they certainly are going to want to try to control the clock. Um, that has been the you know the, the the blueprint for for being the Los Angeles Rams. The fact that they are going to have a, you know a, a rookie Ernest Jones is most likely to be the starting middle linebacker. He is going to be the player expected to be making the uh, the the defensive calls. Um, that that's unusual to have a rookie do that, um, and that is part of the case just because the the safety Jordan Fuller um, is currently on that COVID list. 
He normally does the the defensive calls here. So to me, Rashad Penny has got to be a a big-time playmaker for the Seahawks in this football game, not just in this game, Corbin, but throughout the rest of the stretch. Because if he is, in fact, going to to wind up getting another deal from the Seahawks or from some other NFL team, then he is going to have to prove that he's been the opposite of what he has been so far, and that is he needs to prove that he can be somebody who's dependable. I'm going to go right out to the wide receivers, and I would have gone with Penny here as well because I think running the football is critical in this game for the first reason that it keeps Aaron Donald from rushing Russell Wilson, trying to find ways that he can't tee off on your quarterback. But I'm going to go to the outside, and it would be really easy to jump right to D. Eskridge here because you want your second-round pick to be able to make impact plays. And I do think he's going to have to do some things in this game, but – I think you can give the Rams a a little bit of a taste of their own medicine with a player like Penny Hart, who, yes, D. Eskridge has the running ability on jet sweeps, but something the Seahawks have been able to do with Penny Hart this year occasionally, and you've seen it on the practice field as well, they've moved him to the backfield, and they've used him as a running back, and he's got some running back background previously before he went to Georgia State, and so I think his ability is kind of that gadget, that Swiss Army Knight type player that he can move around if you don't have Tyler Lockett available, D. Eskridge is going to be playing a ton of snaps. But I think this could be the game that Penny Hart maybe plays the most snaps he's had on offense because there are some similar characteristics in the way that he plays the game in terms of how he runs routes and stuff. And I think you add in his dual threat capabilities, running the football, moving him around the formation, maybe even getting him involved in special teams. There's a lot of things he can do. This is the kind of player that when you lose a star player, Penny Hart is not going to replace Tyler Lockett. He is not Tyler Lockett 2.0. But this is the type of guy that has been in your system now for a couple years. You trust him. Russell Wilson trusts him. I think this is a game that Penny Hart could have a few big plays, and they're going to need somebody else, not named DK Metcalf, to make those big plays in the passing game if they're going to win this football game. No, there's no question about it. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to talk about D. Eskridge in, a, in very similar fashion. I think that his versatility and, and his greater explosiveness in terms of straight line speed, in terms of power, uh, you know, I, to me, this is a, a critical game for him. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, we had a, you know, one of our listeners, Corbin, a couple of weeks ago, ask us how, you know, how do we continue to, you know, keep up the enthusiasm when the Seahawks were mired in their, you know, an ugly stretch of, of their season and. And to me, from a talent evaluation standpoint, this is the games that you want to watch. You want to see if D. Eskridge can justify the second round selection that was used on him. Um, you know, and, and this is when he absolutely has to step up. If Tyler Lockett is not available for this or for future games this season, again, Eskridge has to be the guy. He has to be somebody who can take some pressure off of DK Metcalf. He has to be able to end his rookie season with more than just a single touchdown uh, on his resume. And so if the Seahawks are, in fact, going to get hot during the second half of the or during the, this last uh, quarter of the season in Pete Carroll's words, then I really think that D. Eskridge is going to play a, a critical role in doing so. I'm going to go from one rookie to another, and we've talked a lot about Jake Curhan. I have not said his name correctly, and I was corrected on that, so I apologize. I had I had heard Jake Curran from college announcers. I'd heard it pre-draft, but it's Jake Curhan and him being at right tackle, he's going to get to start with Brandon Shell being on the COVID-19 list. And again, I don't think Shell was going to play in this game anyway. His shoulder's still not recovered. He wasn't ready to play. Even with the two extra days, that wasn't going to make much of a difference. So you're going to have Jake Curran out there, and he's going to have to put up with at least 
Leonard Floyd, who has been a monster against the Seahawks last two years in three games, Rob, he has five sacks and 17 quarterback pressures. He has basically been living in the backfield, rushing off the edge. So you've got to think the Rams are going to be trying to put him against the undrafted rookie as much as they can. And that's not considering that Von Miller could, before tomorrow's game, be activated. He's been on the COVID list since the end of last week. We expect that there's a possibility there could be a few other players in each team that get activated before the game if they can get their two negative tests tomorrow. And so there's a chance that Von Miller could be playing as well. You know Von Miller would be licking his lips for the opportunity to go up against a rookie tackle who, quite frankly, has had his share of issues in pass protection. It's not like Jake Curran has come in and just dominated. He's been really good in the run game. Pass protection's been a lot tougher for him. He's gone against some really good players, though, like Daniil Hunter with the Vikings back in week three. So he's stepped up and he's taken on all these challenges head on. He's had his trouble, though. Can he put together a quality performance considering the circumstances that the Seahawks are under? They're going to have to be able to move the ball through the air some. You've got to protect Russell Wilson. Can Jake Curran, can Jake Curran get the job done protecting number three, going up against Floyd and potentially Miller? If he's able to do that and limit the damage those guys do off the edge, that's a big stepping stone in his career, and that gives the Seahawks a much better chance to come out on top in this contest. Much better chance to come out on top of this context. Uh, I think it would be a you know one heck of a statement about the Seattle's future at the right tackle position yep. if Jake Curhan can prove that he is the man. Um, that that to me is what's going to be uh, you know one of the most fascinating matchups along the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, at the same time, with, with all due respect to Leonard Floyd, we know that the monster in the middle of the Los Angeles Rams, of course, is Aaron Donald. Uh, I, I'm fascinated to see how, how Seattle's interior is able to slow him down and specifically Damian Lewis uh you know the second year player of course started all year uh you know as a rookie at the right guard position I was surprised frankly when, when Seattle decided to move him to left guard I thought that he has a frame in the in the smarts that I thought would make him a natural center um and, and Seattle has avoided doing so and, and so with, with Damian Lewis missing a little bit of time earlier this season um I, I think that again this is going to be another critical matchup Seattle has to be able to slow down the Rams defensive line. Otherwise, a game that I think can be very competitive. It's, it's bears repeating that the Seahawks were up at the half the last time they faced the Rams. But if the Seahawks cannot slow down Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd, and, and the rest of that fearsome Rams pass rush in SoFi Stadium, which is a, a scary proposition, then this game could get ugly really quickly. My last X factor on offense, I mentioned Penny Hart, you know, maybe being that real wild card at receiver, but you got to go to the tight end position, and there has to be so much excitement for Gerald Everett going into this because he didn't get to play in that first matchup, ironically, because he was on the COVID-19 reserve list. He did not get to play in that game in week five, so he has yet to play his former team. You know he's going to be excited about that. The opportunity to beat them would, would be just – it's got to be just exciting as hell for him going into this game. And he's had some disappointing games as of late. He did score a touchdown against the Texans, though. So he's able to bounce back from that really rough game against the 49ers. And I think you look, you mentioned that they're going to have a rookie linebacker, Ernest Jones. Troy Reader just came off of the COVID list, but he's not necessarily a phenomenal linebacker by any means. This seems like a team that you can get your tight ends involved. And I've been yelling this. I'm like that old man meme yelling at a cloud at this point. I have been just 
bickering about not getting the tight ends involved against this Rams defense. You look at that playoff game last year. There were opportunities to get the football to Jacob Hollister, to Will Disley, and Russell Wilson wasn't able to get it done. This is a game, especially with a rookie playing at right tackle. You might not have Tyler Lockett. You've got some other injuries that you're dealing with, some other COVID issues in the backfield. This is a game where you lean on your tight ends. Use them as your security blanket. Get the ball to Gerald Everett and let him go to work with the football after the catch. And I think he can do a lot of damage against his former team. And really the key here, can you move the chains? Can you get sustained drives? The tight ends can be a big part of that by Russell Wilson getting the football out quickly to him. You're taking 99 out of the equation. You're taking those edge rushers out of the equation. You're eating up clock. You're keeping Matthew Stafford on the sideline. All of those things sound really good. Seattle has not been able to do that consistently at all this year, but if they could do that in this game, that would be a huge boost to their chances of winning. And, and you know that Gerald Everett would just love that game plan, getting not force-fed, but getting a lot of opportunities in the passing game against his former team. And if he gets to win, how rewarding that would be for him. No, no question about it. And I love that you mentioned the tight ends because that is the one position where the Rams actually are hurting the most. And so I think that that would be wise by the Seahawks to basically say, okay, we're going to use use our tight end, which I argue is one of Seattle's deepest uh, positional groups, use our tight ends to kind of flex a little bit um, and, and make you absolutely feel on both the offense and defensive side of the ball, the fact that Seattle does have the, uh, you know, the, the, the better positional group, at least for this game. We're going to go to defense here in a moment with our three players that need to step up. But first, I'm going to tell you about the holiday season here with Built Bar. Make sure to grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. I'd vouch for that. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, high in protein. You really do get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy and so many good flavors. So many delicious flavors, double chocolate, cookies and cream, my favorite peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your pocket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because of the season of peace and love, don't bring don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things can get out of hand. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order that's built.com with the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. And Bet Online has, has you covered all season long with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 and soon to be 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. 
All right, Rob, we're breaking down our players that have to step up. And the reason we do, are doing this today is because it's Mayhem Monday. No football game on Sunday. The NFL moving the Seahawks-Rams game to Tuesday. It's just it's so weird saying we are going to be covering an NFL game on Tuesday. But these are the things that happen when you are still in the middle of a pandemic. And both these teams, especially the Rams, have been hit hard by COVID-19 outbreaks over the past week. And so the NFL felt like this was the best move to make. And both teams are still struggling dealing with this. We'll see which players are available. We just broke down some offensive plays for the Seahawks that have to step up with possibly not having Tyler Lockett. Brandon Shell's already going to be out, going to be missing some guys potentially in the backfield. On defense, the Seahawks are dealing with a similar situation. DJ Reed just going on COVID-19 list yesterday. Who knows if he's going to be available for this game? I would be surprised if he plays, but can't rule it out with some of the new protocols. Kerry Hyder, Brian Monet, they've certainly lost some key players on that COVID-19 list. So who are some players that you think on defense need to step up in this one with those absences for the Seahawks to have a chance to get the victory? Corbin, I, I just got finished writing my very first mock draft for Fox Sports uh, for the 2022 NFL draft. And I, uh, you know, I guess I wasn't surprised to learn how bad the Seahawks have been in terms of pass rush, but still to be not last, but second to last in all of the NFL, which is 21 sacks through their first 13 games. It is absolutely abysmal when you consider all of the different players that Seattle brought back. Uh, you know, the, the fact that you have a Daryl Taylor Taylor, um, you know, is a talented young player who has six sacks on the season, but nobody else ha has more than th than Rasheem Green's three and a half. I mean, that is just sad. Uh, at this point. So, you know, I, I thought I saw some real flashes a year ago from Alton Robinson and I have not seen the sim, similar kind of flashes so far this season. Now, part of that is because he just hasn't seen the field as much. Ben Simone has seen the field a lot, Carlos Dunlap as well. But to me, that's Alton Robinson is the youngest player of that bunch is the one who has to kind of step up because as I mentioned, Daryl Taylor has been uh, the, the, the pass rusher this year. I was hoping that he would be at that second round selection, but for the fifth rounder Robinson, he needs to step up. Otherwise I think the Seahawks might be uh, basically looking for another help in the pass rushing, uh, you know, area this year in, in this upcoming year's NFL draft. I'm going to go with another pass rusher that's in his second season, really his first season. I'm just going to go right to Daryl Taylor because of the matchup. The Seahawks have to find a way to capitalize on the fact that, and we'll see, maybe the Rams will have Rob Havenstein, their starting right tackle this game, or maybe Joseph Noteboom, who just went on the COVID-19 list a few days ago. Maybe he'll be activated. But if they don't have those two players available, they are down to their third string right tackle. It might be Alaric Jackson who's out there or maybe they'll have to slide one of their backup guards to tackle. I mean, this is the situation, and, and we always joked about this, but this is the way that you approach game planning at any level of football. You try to figure out who the rat is on the other team, and you want to go after that rat. If you are down to your third string right tackle, that absolutely is the rat. And I think you got to get Daryl Taylor matched up against whoever's playing that right tackle position and let him go to work because Matthew Stafford had way too much time in the pocket the first time these two teams met. That's why those deeper crossing routes were getting open because they had time. Matthew Stafford had time to let those receivers get downfield and get open. Eliminate that by getting more pressure, getting more hits on him. They got two hits on Matthew Stafford that first game. They need to triple that in this game 
minimum to have a chance to get the win. Daryl Taylor's got to be a big part of that. I've been really excited by what I've seen from him this year, but he has left sacks in the field. You got to get to Matthew Stafford and you got to finish. Take advantage of that opportunity going against a third, maybe even a fourth string tackle on the right side. Maybe he will have to face one of those first two guys, but regardless, they need a big game from Daryl Taylor. They absolutely do. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, right tackle is concerned. And I mentioned earlier, tight end is concerned. The Rams could be onto their fourth string tight end. Uh, Tyler Higby, uh, Johnny Munt, and uh, Jared Pickney uh, from, from Vanderbilt, a second-year player. Um, those are the Rams' top three tight ends at this moment. Obviously, Gerald Everett now a member of the, of the Seattle Seahawks. And so it's not only the right tackle, it's the tight end as well, who oftentimes will, will provide a little bit of a chip. So that, that's one of the reasons why I 100% agree with you. I think it's going to be critical for Seattle's edge rushers, especially coming off that right side where Matthew Stafford typically is facing down, um, you know, to be able to flash in front of his face and give him the happy feet that he had demonstrated so many times earlier in his NFL career, even going back to his days at, at Georgia. And so, again, I'm going to kind of stick on the defensive line because I do think that that is a matchup that Seattle should be able to exploit a little bit. Um, when Matthew Stafford has struggled in the past, and again, going back to his days in Detroit, he had an all-pro center in the former first-round pick, Frank Ragno, that basically was locking things down from the interior. He doesn't have that now, and that is one of the relative weaknesses, in my opinion, of the Rams' uh, interior offensive is their interior offensive line. So, so Puma Ford, if we're talking about not just this game, but for the rest of the season, again, talk about you know justifying, uh, you know where you your contract. I mentioned it before with D Eskridge, and I think that he needs to justify his second round selection. I think that Puna Ford has to justify the fact that, that he was basically Seattle's flashiest uh, re-signing of, of a year ago, at least in terms of young players. I am excited about Puna Ford, but I need to see some more big plays. And so the, the, the timing could not be better. This is a huge game, nationally televised game, of course. And if not in this game, I certainly want to see a little bit bigger kind of plays coming from, from Puna Ford throughout the last uh, quarter of the season. Some of our listeners are going to laugh with my second pick here, but when you are playing shorthanded and you've got a number of really good starters that might not be available, you need your stars to carry even more weight. So I'm looking at you, number 54, Bobby Wagner. If there's been an opponent that he has had trouble against in the past, it has been the Rams, and they have found ways to exploit him in coverage, especially as he's gotten older they have taken advantage of him on those crossing routes, and they messed them a lot in that last game. And again, he was put in a tough spot because the pass rush wasn't doing anything up front, and he can only cover receivers for so long. But you need to see number 54 make impact plays in this game, not just rack up 14, 15 tackles. Obviously, that's great. He's, he's, get, he's making plays in the run game, whatever, but he needs to get a sack on a blitz, or he needs to get an interception, or even if he just gets his hands on a couple passes for pass breakups, Get some impact plays beyond just stacking up a bunch of tackles. They need number 54 to really play at the top of his game, really elevate his level of play with some guys around him not being on the field. You need your all-pro linebacker to put on that future jacket in Canton. You need to have him play at that level in this game, and I think he can. If you can get a big game from him, like any star player in the NFL, that always gives you a better chance to win football games. I just think with some of the guys that are missing, uh, your stars really need to step up to the plate and win this game for you. 
No, I 100% agree with you. And the same rationale is why I mentioned Russell Wilson earlier, just at least in passing. Um, but uh, again, when, when you are, are paid as well as those two players are, uh, and I absolutely believe that both of them will deservedly be wearing that gold jacket someday, then these are the types of games that you have to, again, justify um, you know, all, all of those accolades. Um, speaking of justify, uh, I think that, uh, that Sidney Jones, needs to justify whether or not the Seahawks or some other team is going to be signing him as a, uh, you know, in, during his free agency coming up um, this year. I think that he has played his best football in the NFL over these last couple of weeks for the Seahawks. But, of course, he struggled with durability. It's one of the reasons why he got kind of washed out in, uh, you know, in previous stops around the NFL. Um, and, and so I'm very curious to see how he matches up against Cooper Cup or whether it be Odell Beckham or perhaps even Van Jefferson. Uh, again, the Rams have a really dynamic receiving trio um, and and the reality is is that Sidney Jones could play the game of his life and and the Rams have enough talent in the, in the other positions at receiver uh, to be able to still beat the Seahawks but to me this is one of those games where Sidney Jones has to be able to kind of lock down somebody perhaps be able to create a big play of his own um, just because I think that again the Seahawks going to be chasing points perhaps in this football game they're going to have to be able to create some type of big play I know that Sidney Jones has the background going up against um, uh, Cooper Cup uh, to suggest that he might be able to do precisely that. And so that's why I'm definitely going to be focusing on, on that matchup between Sidney Jones and Cooper Cup specifically. I thought about Sidney Jones for my pick. Obviously, you went with him. But you got to go with the replacement for DJ Reed. I mentioned the magnitude of that loss earlier in the show. DJ Reed has played at an all-pro level since they moved him back to right cornerback in week four. He has been fantastic for – the better part of half a season, he has just been dominant on that right side, really has played a big role in their defense, the resurgence they've had, giving up so few points and not giving up the explosive plays in the passing game, especially downfield. He's just played really good football. Not having him out there is a huge loss. It's right up there with not having Tyler Lockett in this game. And bless Austin, bless your heart. Uh, this is a lot of pressure to put on a guy that had started quite a few games in the league with the New York Jets, but he has only played a handful of snaps defensively. The Seahawks have been rotating him in with Sidney Jones for a few possessions the last couple of games. So he has gotten his feet wet a little bit, but he just he hasn't played very much in Seattle's defense. And you know that Matthew Stafford, I mentioned trying to find that rat when you're game planning, going after a corner that has hardly played in this scheme, a player like Bless Austin that got cut by the Jet for the season. You can't tell me that he's not circling that matchup, especially with Odell Beckham Jr. being available. He's got Van Jefferson that's really come on as of late since Robert Woods got hurt. Jefferson's really helped fill that void as much as possible. And, of course, you got Cooper Cup as well. He could end up uh, – bless Austin could be going against any of those three receivers. Those are tough matchups regardless of which guys across from him. So it's not going to be easy. A ton of pressure on him. You know Matthew Stafford is going to try to test him early. Sean McVay is going to want to test him early. Bless Austin's got a lot of intriguing physical tools. He's got good size, good athleticism, and there are some good games on film. He played well against DK Metcalf, even though the Seahawks killed the Jets last year. He played well in that game. There have been spurts where he has looked like he could maybe be a starting corner in this league, but he's been very inconsistent, and you know the Rams are becoming after him. So he's got to go out. He's got to play his game. Stay within himself. Don't let the moment take over too much. Because if you put too much pressure on yourself, that's when you play a step slow. You play a step slow in the league, 
Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be doing his dances, pretending he's shooting a gun with a football, whatever the celebration is this week. He is going to be doing that in the end zone. Or Van Jefferson is going to be doing that in the end zone. You've got to play fast. You've got to play without thinking too much. So just play within yourself. Play the game the way that you're capable of. The scheme is set up well for him to succeed. So I'm curious to see what he looks like. But th those are big shoes to fill. Even though Bless Austin's a bigger guy, those are big shill, uh, shoes for him to fill replacing DJ Reed in this football game. As always, we greatly appreciate you making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app available five days a week for free on all major platforms. Coming up on tomorrow's show, going to be doing some Tell the Truth Tuesday instant fire. It's going to be right after the game with the Seahawks having a 4 p.m. start against the Rams SoFi Field. It's going to be a late show, but after the game, we'll be breaking down some takeaways and going to be moving quickly onto the next opponent, the Chicago Bears. Got a condensed week. It's going to be a jam-packed Tuesday night episode. Hope you'll be joining in. Enjoy the game. Go Hawks.